0: You are interesting, you are important, you are enough, just as you are. Just one of the many empowering messages that you'll find in the pages of my next guest's book. It's a book that I wish was around when I was growing up. It's called Break the Mould, How to Take Your Place in the World, and it's written by a woman I have long admired. She started out her career as a teacher an ambition that began as soon as she walked in the door as junior infants, a student herself. Although passionate about fashion, she felt frustrated and angry by lack of inclusivity and diversity in the fashion industry. And up until very recently, could only dream of wearing some of the high end clothes that are now in her wardrobe. As a little person, she was left out, something she felt so strongly about that she started a blog and used the platform to call out fashion. Now she's one of the leading advocates for accessibility in the fashion world. She's the first little person to attend the Met's Ball wearing the most stunning Gucci dress. She's the first little person to appear on Vogue magazine and is now contributing editor of British Vogue. She's a member of the President of Ireland's Council of State. She set up her own media diversity organisation called Tilting the Lens and she can now add best-selling author to her long list of impressive achievements. I'm so delighted to have Sinead Breck with me on the line from her home in Navan. How are you doing, Sinead?
1: Hi, Sinead. Gosh, what a ridiculous and very kind, far too kind introduction. <laughs> I'm so thrilled to be on LMFM from the county itself. From the county, the Royal County, you I mean. One now, of them. Now you have exclusive news for me. Do tell. I do. Just a few minutes ago, which is absolutely ludicrous and exciting, Break the Mould, which is the book that I've just written and only came out last week, has been nominated and shortlisted for an Irish Book Award, which is so surreal and so very humbling. But hopefully it is a mark of how it's resonating with children and helping them just to feel comfortable in their own skin.
0: Oh my God, I'm so thrilled for you and I have no doubt that this is going to pick up an award. Now, you know, it's (laughs) not just resonating with children, okay? because it's been a long time since I read a book cover to cover in an hour and it's been a long time since I read a book that made me smile so much. I thoroughly enjoyed reading this and it's a book that I wish I had when I was growing up because maybe I might have been a little bit more confident and maybe I might have felt like my voice mattered and this is exactly what you're hoping to achieve in this.
1: Absolutely. I mean, I can remember, well, somewhat remember my first day of school and my first days of school, and I loved going over to the classroom library and picking a book out. But I think I always knew that myself, my life, my body, my disability was never reflected on the cover or in the stories inside. And then when I became a teacher, when I was a primary school teacher in Navan in County Meath, you know, all I wanted was to be be able to go to my classroom library and to use books to help the children in my class feel seen and heard and earlier this year I would travel a lot for work and that all stopped when we first went into lockdown I came home to my family home in Navin and thought what will I do with my time and began pounding away on the keyboard as I put this manuscript together and now to see it in bookshops in libraries and beginning to emerge in classrooms you know my experience of being a disabled woman I know somewhat of how it feels to feel like you not you don't fit in. Mm. And I always believed that it wasn't my responsibility to change who I was to accommodate the world, that we should change the world. The world has been designed in the way in which it exists, which means we can redesign it. So we should be trying to change the world to help children, parents, adults, everybody feel like they can be themselves.
0: Oh, absolutely and you know you, you talk about this quite a lot I know in the amazing TED Talk which I rewatched again last night as well in preparation for this and also in, in the book you refer to this quite a bit but you know as you mentioned there being a little person you know um, has resulted in monumental challenges for you I mean even something the rest of us take for granted like using a public bathroom or getting on a chair you know you're, you forget that you're a little person a lot of the time but this physical environment around you reminds you that you are a little person Are you hoping that one day you won't have to be reminded as much?
1: I think it's twofold. You know, so much of who I am, my personality, my interests have been shaped by being a little person in the sense that we may not be having this conversation if I wasn't little because I wouldn't be interested in fashion and I definitely wouldn't have written this book. But at the same time, what I would like to change is how we think about accessibility, that I don't have to go to the local supermarket and ask for help in reaching everything that exists beyond the second aisle or that I can kind of go to town or walk to the local shop safely and not come up against people who are pointing, staring, laughing, calling me names, because when they look at me, they make assumptions over what I can or can't do. So I think we can change the world to make it easier and better. And I hope that that comes to be and comes to fruition soon, which I think in many ways is the rationale behind writing a book so that we all have tools to all understand our collective responsibility to make it easier, safer and more accessible.
0: And they're starting with the children because, you know, you're even down to, you know, how we should, you know, the language that we use and how powerful that can be in terms of inciting change is all detailed in this book. But one of the things, and I read this before the the news there, 12, that I love in the book is uh, early on from the opening pages, you give the reader permission to dream. And I absolutely love this because children need to dream and dream big and believe that they can achieve these things. Um, When you look at all your list of achievements that are ridiculously long, (laughs) do you ever, (laughs) were, were these achievements all once dreams of yours as a child?
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, I always knew that I wanted to be a teacher. I told my parents on the first day that that's what I was going to do when I came home from junior infants. But I had always been interested in fashion since I was a teenager. I've kept a notebook of goals, ambitions and dreams, people I wanted to meet. And it's been so surreal and so wonderful over the past decade to be able to tick so many of them off. And I think you're right. You know, I'm very fortunate that I have incredible parents and siblings who always taught me that anything was possible and actually my dreams should be enormously big because even if I don't succeed, even if I don't reach them or accomplish them, by navigating on the journey towards them. I am going to learn something from that process. Even if I fail, I'm going to be shaped by at least the attempt of doing so. And I think particularly now, as we go into a moment where collectively as a country, we are going to be isolated for six weeks from those we love and those we wish to do. Dreaming and having hope of a better time when we can connect again, I think has never been more important, which is why in some ways I hope that this book is a timely aid for children, parents and families.
0: Oh, it, it really is. and This is going to be a must stocking filler for, for so many people. Now, can we talk about fashion, OK? Because this is where it all starts for sure. you. Uh, firstly, you have a wardrobe now that so many of us would be extremely envious of. Um, But for a long, long time, this was not the case. You felt excluded, as we've discussed. You know, you were not allowed to get dressed in stylish, well-fitting clothing. So it's somewhat surprising to me that you love fashion as much because I'd imagine you'd hate it because it was so challenging to find clothes outside the children's section.
1: For me, fashion and language are two tools that I use, kind of as armour, but also as ways in which to explain who I am to the world, because when people look at me, they again, have assumptions about what I can or can't do or biases based on cultural references of little people. But if I sit across from you in a full-length dress and a cape or you find me in Tesco and Navin wearing that ensemble, you're thinking (laughs) to yourself, all right, she's interesting but a bit strange. It gives me a way in which to present a new narrative about myself in the same way that language does. I think fashion is important because it's the one industry that we are all legally attached to. We all have to wear clothes. And when I was younger, I couldn't understand understand this notion that we have to get dressed every day and yet this is an industry that exists based on exclusivity, based mm. on making some people feel included and the majority of people feeling left out and like they are not good enough. And really with a background in education, I just wanted to come up with a solution. And now I'm very fortunate to be working within the fashion industry to try to be creating new opportunities for disabled people to be employed, thinking about product, thinking about who gets to be in magazines and campaigns. And I think the more and more of us that not just feel represented, but feel like we can get dressed with dignity and with pride And that could be as simple as taking the zip out of the back of a dress and using Velcro or using magnets so that people don't even have to think about asking for help. They're allowed to be themselves in what and how they get dressed every day.
0: Oh, I love that. And, you know, uh, you definitely are, are, you know, spearheading this because you have done so much Trojan work in the last few years about this. But I have to ask you, because, you know, when you put on. The luxurious, custom-made Gucci dress that you wore at last year's Met Gala, that must have been really emotional. You must have felt so proud. This was more than a dress for you.
1: I wish I could talk to you and say that I was beaming with pride on the day of the Met Gala wearing that dress. But I was so disgustingly nervous. Uh, (laughs) I almost couldn't go. I was on the floor of my hotel room feeling so unwell and I rang my dad who was at home in Navin, I was in New York, and I said, Dad, I I don't think I can go. I think I need to come home. And he said, Sinead, it's a party in a museum enjoy (laughs) it. That's all it is. And I think in some ways why I felt unwell was this notion of representation. I can Mm -hmm. only speak for myself. My experiences of being a little person are actually very different to even other little people. But yet at an event like that, which is one of the most important events in the fashion and popular culture calendars, I felt like the world was watching. I felt like my actions could be a mirror towards how others would respond and relate to other disabled people and other little people. But the reality is i can only be myself and i can only represent myself but it was surreal i mean the number of teenagers who are little or disabled or different in some way who got in touch and said i want to be there in 10 years and i was like you could be there in five if you want and um, it's possible and i think for me one of the great things about being the first is lovely but what i'm really interested in now is okay how do we make sure the second the third how do we make sure that this isn't just the exception but this inclusion is the rule and just the way in which the world works in the future.
0: Oh, and I, I've no doubt it's going to happen, you know, because as you say, you know, we're, you're breaking the mould uh, you know, <laughs> in your own life. You have you have the instruction manual that I'm holding right now in my hands, you know, uh, for the for the next generations. So, you know, you started at your 20s by setting up this fashion blog. You were relatively unknown. Ten years later, you've done so, so much work um, as an advocate. You've, you've taken your place in the world, Sinead. So what is your proudest moment?
1: I think if I was really honest, you know, I've got to be on red carpets and got to do all sorts of exceptional things. But my proudest moments are the quieter moments. And in many ways, the reason why I wanted to write Break the Mold. I remember coming out of a class visit. So I visit lots of schools and facilitate conversations when we could enter into them without thinking about the restrictions and talking about this feeling of being different, this feeling of being alone sometimes. And I was just about to leave the school when one of the young women came rushing out of the hall and asked if she could ask me a question and she said to me what do you do when you feel like you can't keep going and i said how do you mean and she said there are some days in which i just don't think i'm good enough and don't think i can keep going and i was really saddened by what she said and i said you know sometimes for me on the really tough days i think to myself if i can survive yesterday I can survive today. If I can survive today, I can survive tomorrow. And sometimes if days feel too long, what I say to myself is, if I survived the last era, I can survive the next era, minute by minute. And I think if I am able to share my stories and my experiences to help other people feel like themselves, for me, that's the definition of success.
0: I'm just going to, I'm going to keep that and, and play that back to myself on, on bad days. Thank you so much for that. You know, this book was a bestseller before it hit shelves. Um, it's picking up this n- a nod now from the Irish Book Awards, which again is massive. And I believe it's such an important book that all schools and libraries should have. What do you hope that our young people take from this?
1: I hope that young people take from this the importance of their own voice. Both the one that's in their minds that tells them that they are not good enough, that they are not stylish enough, pretty enough, athletic enough, thin enough, intelligent enough, whatever it might be, that they lower the volume of that voice in their heads, that they give themselves a new mantra by which says, I am good enough just as I am. But I also hope that it gives them some confidence to use their voice to step in whether it's in the playground or a meeting with friends at lunch or if it's an adult even in the workplace on a zoom call that when you hear things that are being said that make others feel uncomfortable there's an example in the book where i talk about that a child might be in the yard and yes and one of the people that they know points to somebody else in the yard and says he's gay what does the child do do they feel a safe and comfortable to say something and if they do how can they make sure that their silence is not taken as permission for this cruelty to happen? And I offer them a script that says, maybe he is gay. It's okay to be gay. It's not okay to be cruel and unkind. It's not cool. And sometimes we just need the language given to us to be able to manage those situations. And that doesn't have to be in relation to being gay. It could be disabled. It could be about race. It could be about religion. It could be about class. It could be about where and how you live and your family type. But I think for me, that is the success of the book. But also success in the book is particularly now in thinking about being local. One of the greatest things that I'm proud of with this book is that we have partnered with Antonia's Bookstore in Trim. Oh, I saw that. Everybody who purchases a copy in Trim, they'll get a signed or a dedicated copy. And I think now as we go into challenging economic times to be able to support local, support local businesses we are really trying hard to be present and to have an online presence is something that I'm very proud to be partnering with.
0: Oh, that's a lot. It's such a lovely gesture. I, we, we love that uh, bookshop here as well in LMFM Radio. Sinead, thank you so, so much for taking the time out because I know you're a very busy lady It's uh, for, for chatting to us today, for sharing such inspiration and wisdom with us. Keep doing what you're doing. Keep changing. Keep breaking the mould and listen, enjoy <laughs> and love to everybody in NAV. And thanks so much for joining me today.
1: thanks so much tonight. Bye
0: When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a ten year one hundred thousand mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner.